never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Monday, you know what that means? It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things nerd, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, video games, comics, etc., etc. It's a new day. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. Hello, everyone. I hope you're well, safe, and dry. And we also have a special guest to chat one topic in particular, and that's going to be the release of WWE 2K22. My other podcasting partner, he's Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? I hope you're doing well. Thank you for having me on the It's Canon podcast, big homie. And Phil. Yeah, yeah man. It's, uh, I'm very confused as to what I'm even recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the polygamy podcast. <laughs> It's, I don't even know what the hell's going on anymore. But yeah, new week, new Monday, tons to talk about, but not really. Um, you know, I guess we should, yeah, it's just been a crazy day, man. It's just been a crazy weekend. Before we get to everything we have to talk about, Phil, what's new? What's going on? It's been a while since we've talked. Oh, man. Gran Turismo 7 dropped. Like, shit. <laughs> that's all i could say i you know if i'm not driving a car virtually lately i'm just not doing anything i'm sleeping and waiting and dreaming of driving a car virtually so it's like between that and episodes of top gear running in the background just to really like hmm i really need to look up this ferrari now and stuff like that it's ridiculous as far as that goes i have been negligent in my geek duties yeah, I've been kind of ducking. No, but lately. you're playing Gran Turismo. There's nothing wrong with that. I love it because Matt and I are like the opposite of that. We are like not car people whatsoever, and I'm pretty sure Tyler isn't also. So it's like it's like you just you like this is your domain. That's all you. <laughs> and it's crazy too because I went out and I bought for me what's a, an extremely silly purchase in a force feedback steering wheel. And a force feedback uh, shifter last night and force feedback pedals. So all of this stuff now provides me with feedback and resistance when I'm driving on a Sony game system. So that's being a little bit wild because I've been trying out like uh, grid legends, which I completely wiped that clean in a weekend and uh, dirt five. And now Gran Turismo 7, the PlayStation is probably not the strongest for driving Sims, uh, especially like my heart goes with Forza, but I'm just so used to using the controller on Forza. And I got to say, with Gran Turismo 7, it is a tough one because, man, the haptic feedback, 
Sony doesn't do haptic feedback for the PlayStation 5 games unless it's an in-house property like this. Yeah. Like, my God, you could actually feel the virtual gear shift change in your hand, and you know, know what it was. That's crazy. That's crazy. Question about the, the, the you know, the steering wheel and all that. So you bought it just for PlayStation. You sent me a couple pictures of it of them over the weekend. Obviously, mm-hmm. very clearly PlayStation. Um, uh, you know, uh, PlayStation. Um, it's dedicated. Branded. That's the word. Branded. All right. Are there universal ones where you can use for both systems? No, but funny you should ask. I was researching this just last night. And you can get little converter boxes. So what happens is there's a little box that sits on the outside and you plug the controller of the system you want to emulate into, into the box. And what this box does is it acts like a mux between a Xbox steering wheel to a PlayStation controller. It remaps the button assignments of the controller into the steering wheel and the analog stick would be the the turning circumference and everything so anyhow it remaps it and makes it a viable product on both systems so you're looking at either you have to buy a new steering wheel which i can't find a steering wheel without the pedals so it's 350 to 400 dollars or you get one of these boxes which you know i'm waiting for the next gen boxes to emerge and they seem to clock in around 100 bucks that's not too bad. But I just find it interesting that you bought the one for PlayStation because, like, I know that you play Forza more and all that. Forza, I, I'm competitive in. And part of that competitive edge is the controller versus the steering wheel. For me, this I can cheat more with the controller. I can get the edge easier with the controller. I do have a steering wheel for my Xbox. So I'm not denying myself that ability. I just don't have it with force feedback. I cheaped out. But, you know, with Forza, I'm in the top 1% of players in the world. And I like to be up there. And I like to get all the points that I can get and all the cars that I can get. I've also played the crap out of that game since November. Yeah. Like, I'm legitimately logging in once, one to two times a week now instead of every day. Because there's nothing for me to do anymore. So for uh, Gran Turismo 7 is going to get my attention. I figured, well, this is probably the perfect time because it's not like there aren't great car games on the PlayStation, right? Like anything that I can play on Xbox are pretty much like cross both systems, except for Forza. That's an exclusive. Yeah. Am I going to drop four on the exclusive? No, but I just know in the future... My preferred gaming platform is always going to be PlayStation because I have the the more horsepower in a PlayStation 5 there. Yeah. So it's going to look better. It's going to be a better frames per second. All these things are important when driving. Exactly. Because you're still using an Xbox S. You still haven't been able to find an X. Well, yeah. And I, I think that I just get the feeling, and I know we talk about it a lot on the show, but I just get the feeling that Microsoft are still trying to figure out exactly what's going on with their platforms. They seem to be putting a lot into the cloud gaming and Game Pass. They seem to be like, I don't know, like they, they've, you know, something that we can talk about later on is how they're screwing up Halo. Like the multiplayer, the co-op is delayed again. And people are complaining about the free multiplayer. Like they, they split this game into two parts and they're not doing any of it right. So... Yeah. 
it's it's kind of like that with their platform right now. There's a lot of S's out there, but all the developers are complaining about the S is too hard to program for. Yeah, so, well, you're trying you're trying to program a new generation game with new generation APIs and and all the dev stuff, but the power of kind of like a half generation above an Xbox 360. It's it's an Xbox 360 with an SSD. Yeah. Or not a 360, but an Xbox One. One, yeah. With a with a with an SSD. So yeah. I don't have wait times. My buddy plays the same games on his One S, and my Series S, and I'm like, I'm just faster. I don't. I still get frame rate slows. I still get, you know, pop ins. All all the stuff that you'd get and expect on a previous generation console, you're still getting on this console. It's not a behemoth. But yes, I will be upgrading to the X when I can, but you know, game pass is a big, is a big difference. And now Spartacus for PlayStation is apparently coming out sooner than later. And that's going to be their answer to game pass. So we're going to see, like, this is going to get fun for all gamers because they're competing. Yep, exactly. And we win. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, competition is competition, competition, only one person wins. And it typically is the consumer, right? Like it, it makes everyone raise their bar. Matt, how was your weekend? Oh, pretty good, man. Uh, there, yeah, there was a big wrestling show yesterday, so we had a couple beers and watched that. And uh, yeah, my roommate has been playing Elden Ring, so I've been observing that. I played for a couple hours, but I'm terrible. I'm talking terrible. The first thing I did was like I get out of the training uh, ground and I see this island, so I was like, oh, I'll just go swim over to this island. Do to do. That was a mistake. Just instantly, you died as soon as I touched water. So that was fun. And then I found this beautiful meadow. I was gonna go over there. And it was it was tough getting there, but I did end up there. As soon as I get there, a dragon lands, and I can tell you how that went. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, it's very very tough. Like I've never played like a Souls game before, as it were. So I am a, a complete noob. That's the funniest part is you have no idea what you're getting yourself into, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like I was the same way with Skyrim, and I came to Skyrim late. I only played it for the first time like three or four years ago, but I I loved it. I I'm I busted it out again because I just bought it on the Switch because it was on sale, and it's so dope. I love Skyrim, but yeah, this is it's significantly harder than Skyrim is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a completely different beast too. It's a hell of a game. Have you played it, Phil? I have not because I know that that's throwing good money after bad for me like yeah. i'm literally uh the, the i work with the younger gentleman at at the my day job and he loves the dark souls games like he talks me up about them all the time so i went out a couple years ago and i bought all three dark souls games on the playstation 4 i believe and i loaded up the first two and i couldn't even get out of the tutorial and i'm like forget it <laughs> Number three is still in the box. I don't care. Yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah. This series. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it kind of sounds like a, one of our podcasting partners in Joe Aguinaldo, Matt. Like, he loves those series, but he's like, I fucking suck, but I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely gone awful. I don't know how much I, I like. I'd like it would be awesome to get good, like, sick at that game and know what you're doing and actually be mm -hmm. able to traverse the, the universe. But that might be like, I'm like, that might be a bridge too far for me. We'll see. I might just be sinking time into WWE 2K22 instead, Boris. Exactly. Perfect segue. March 11th, 2022. Early access. March 8th, 2022. In a few hours of recording. Whoa. 2K Sports. WWE 2K22. Apparently, Matt and Phil, it hits 
different. Yeah, that's what they've been saying. That's what they want us to believe, Boris. And it actually might it might end up being the last WWE 2K game. They might be switching to EA. A little bit of rumblings out there on the internets today. Yeah, mm. I was I was seeing that earlier. So yeah, so apparently this EA deal has been in the works, or at least not a deal. They've been in discussions. They've been negotiating something for a few years. Uh, you know, they re-upped with 2K back in 2016. Um, then and, and no one really knew the, the how long the contract was for. Seemed it was going to be for six years after the abysmal release of WWE 2K20, and then the abysmal reception to no one except 2Ks and WWE surprise to WWE Battlegrounds. Um, you know the the relationship is pretty sour right now. Add on to that, the WWE 2K22 was delayed from October which is t- their typical release window, to March for obvious pandemic and, you know, and, 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 and you know, just general gameplay reasons, you know, the, well, the relationship is I soured. Thought, I thought, I thought the, the delay was mostly centered around the fact that WWE almost cleansed its entire lineup of wrestlers well, that it put that. into the video game. That, that then, actually like, is a huge factor. Yeah. But, but, a lot of the wrestlers survived. A lot of those wrestlers ended up in the video game. Now, I'm sure a lot like of discussions had to be, uh, you know, had. And you'll notice certain guys who have signed with AEW like months ago aren't in it. Like Adam Cole, <laughs> I guarantee his sprites are in the game. You know what I mean? I guarantee his info is in the, the coding of the game, but he's not a playable character. Keith Lee is because Keith Lee signed a couple weeks ago. Right. So it, it, it's interesting to see who's actually in the game. But a lot of fired people are I think it's like 30 plus people who have been released or uh, just left on their own volition are actually yeah. still in the game. Exactly. So going back to the EA talk. Yeah. So WWE is talking to EA. And I think a lot comes down to how this game is going to be received. Absolutely. I'm worried, though, that. What I actually think is going to happen is people are going to like this game. It seems like this game is going to be, well, for sure, it's a huge improvement on 2K20, but it seems like it's going to be a pretty good game, the best wrestling game in a while, and I think it's not going to matter because EA and WWE are two, like, conglomerates, two humongous corporations. I just feel like that's a match made in hell slash heaven. You know what I mean? That just seems like it's going to happen. Can you imagine the fucking loot boxes in that game. Oh my god, WWE is a loot box. The whole company is a loot box. So it's so funny. EA Sports perfect. And like I said, match made in hell, man. But yeah, no, I could see that happening for sure. And I think it's going to make the games worse. Like UFC 4, I hated that game. And yeah. like it, it's it was worse than UFC 3, which arguably was worse than 1 or 2, you know what I mean? These <laughs> games are getting worse. Like Madden is unplayable. I used to love the Madden games, but I actually can't play them anymore. They just frustrate me. I don't even buy them. So, nah. Well, that's how we feel about FIFA, like Phil and I, right? Like I haven't I okay, I bought I think 2 years ago when it was on sale for like yeah. 30 bucks. And that's it. I just can't anymore. Like it just the whole loot box system the whole, yeah. you know, you have to pay more to actually have fun type of thing just gets to me. With FIFA, I just bought it the 22 because it was on a deep discount sale on my Xbox. But, you know, that game's gotten better in the sense that there's no more mini games. It's just play. But I don't play that whole avenue of loot box crap or packs or any of that. I, I know that there's a lot of people who do and it's fantasy football extreme. 
but I just want my lineup on my teams and I just want to go play my game and be done with it because it's a five-minute escape for me. That's yep. all it is. It's like five minutes of gaming, done, okay, I got my footy out of me, done. But I can see a bigger investment for you guys with the WWE stuff. My only fear is what kind of monetization strategy 2K are going to come up with in this? Oh, right? they, they already have one, buddy. It's it's like they have their own version of an ultimate team. It's called My Faction, and like that's where it's going to be. Like you're you're going to be able to to level guys up and buy more expensive cards and the whole shebang, man. It's coming. It's it's like and it, the the whole reason these modes exist are to like drain people of microtransactions, right? Just yep. bit by bit, and it, that's that's the one. It's going to be. Uh, is there going to be an NFT system in it? <laughs> probably not yet maybe 2k 23 <laughs> oh my oh. gosh well I, I i just remember the controversy around nba which was by 2k and there was a big huge dump on them because they had full-on like turner commercials in the oh, game yeah. that you couldn't skip so you're sitting oh, there yeah. watching like unrelated content it's not even targeted content it was just like this is the show this week you're gonna watch this this 30 second you know, commercial for it. Like, I would hope that if you're going to launch a WWE title, at least have content that's compelling to the demographic of the audience, right? Like, please put something on that that tells them that there's a pay-per-view event this week or something like that that's a little more targeted. If you're going to go down this absolute bullcrap path of making me watch crap on a $90 video game. Yep, exactly. That's the fucking funniest part is that we're paying for commercials. Yeah. Like, we're the so, goddamn customer. It's Load time is one thing. Covering a load time is fine. I get it. You can do that. But, my God, when it's just planted advertising for the, the raw commercialism of it. Yep. Uh, you know what I'm not going to watch? That show. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> All right, so apparently there's a completely redesigned engine. I guess that's probably the one of the two biggest things. The other one is the controls. Uh, over the past few years, the WWE 2K games have kind of taken away that arcade feel. It's been more and more about combos, harder controls, mini games for pins, mini games for reversals, and whatnot. And that's kind of been one of those things that a lot of people have complained about. But apparently the gameplay engine is been completely overhauled and people in early reviews which the embargo was raised today march 7th um people are really liking the controls they're saying they're quite easy to pick up and you, you know it the reversals are a lot easier no mini games for pins it's back to button mashing so you know the early talk and chatter about the actual engine and controls and graphics have been you know pretty positive Nice, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. I know they did try to dumb it down is the wrong word, but just make it less uh, clunky, less complicated. Uh, and they definitely tried to streamline the controls and, and make it so you can pick it up and play. Right. I remember trying to play this game with like people who don't play video games at all. And it, it was like impossible. You know what I mean? Like trying to play this with like a couple friends or like a lady friend or something. It's like literally impossible to play the old ones with someone who doesn't have a, at least a basic familiarity with video games. Right. So I hope they did kind of dumb it down a shade. I, I would be, yeah, I, I'm excited to try it, man. I pre-ordered this game 
to, mostly for work purposes though, because I need to crank out a list before it actually releases to the public. But uh, I'm actually excited. I'm I'm like gonna stay up. I have nothing to do tomorrow. I'm off, so I'm gonna stay up. I'm gonna play it at midnight, and we're gonna see. You know how it is. But I actually think it, by all accounts, they've done a pretty good job. I, yeah. I won't know it until it's in my hands, though, right? Exactly. So well, we talked about my faction mode. My faction mode is the collectible card game. That's where monetization really comes down the rate, uh, comes down the rung. Uh, you have the my rise. It's co- the career mode. So this has kind of been. Uh, you have a male and a female storyline. Uh, lets you play across the three brands: NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Man, I wonder what NXT sets they have. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> so. You'll be able to play in over a thousand playable matches, nine unique arenas, voiceovers from 30 superstars across 50 hours of playtime. That's my rise or their career mode. Uh, You have WWE Universe mode offering players the ability to fully customize their experience. So this is kind of like more, you know, one on one playing. And then you have the huge creation suite. One thing that is getting some negative reviews, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this after you've played this and that is on the um the wwe 2k showcase so it features the um, the most iconic matches and moments of Rey mysterio's career what people are saying is that you know obviously you gotta ha- you're, if you're gonna face people who are playable characters so you have your eddie guerreros so that's you know something in his wcw career but then there's people like Kurt Angle who aren't in the game, right? Then there's people yeah. who might not be around or in good terms with WWE, so they're not in the game. So apparently the showcase kind of skips a good portion of Rey Mysterio's biggest actual WWE moments. Yeah, that's lame. Like, if you were to properly do it, you'd have, like, Juventud Guerrero and Psychosis and all these guys and, like, maybe even, like, a Triple A match or two, right? But, like, yeah, I can understand why... They're kind of just using who is available, who's already on the game, but it does lead to uh, like a weird showcase because it's not his actually best moments. It's like a random SummerSlam match against Dolph Ziggler or something, right? So exactly, they say you know the his big like the actual best moment is and one of his most historic is you obviously have WCW Halloween Havoc match with Eddie Guerrero, right? Like that's in there, but outside of that, basically outside of from '97 until 2006, 2007. There's not much. Yeah, well, Kurt Angle was in the match where he won the world title, so his world that, title win's not even part exactly. of it. Like, that seems that's just absurd. He won the world title. How could it not be in his biggest moment? So yeah, it's that. That's kind of how 2K is. But yeah, I I'm not buying it for the uh, for the showcase mode anyway. You know, yeah, so that, that's just that, kind yeah. of a little yeah. It's kind of a little uh, a topper. I barely touch those modes anyway. So that doesn't break my heart too much. But that is, that is extremely lame. Yep, and so, one of the most I got iconic. A question. Hang on. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Boris. Okay. And one of the most iconic features is back, and that's WWE 2K22 GM mode, my GM. Yeah, this one, I'm actually, there's been some talk. I thought you were going to say people were disappointed about this because there are a few restrictions that are weird on this. I actually wonder if they could be patched out. For example, apparently there's no mid-card titles. Like, you can't have, like, the Intercontinental title. And there's no, like, multi-person matches. So you can't have, like, a triple threat or fatal four-way. So, and also there's a cap of 15 weeks, 20 weeks or 50 weeks. I think it is. I forget, but like old GM modes, once they ended, you can just continue them forever and just kind of bring in new wrestlers that you created or whatever. These ones have a hard stop 
apparently at 50. So yeah, people are kind of upset with, uh, with GM mode already, which is kind of funny because they haven't played it yet. Yep, exactly. Video um, game people upset for nothing. <laughs> no video game. People rage, rage on the internet. wrestling fans. Yes, and wrestling fans. Oh, my gosh. Well, I just can't wait to see the memes coming out when, whenever they start hitting about people floating in the air. Yeah. <laughs> At about 12.05 a.m. tomorrow morning. That's when they're going to. And half of them from that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be Craig part two. <laughs> Of, you know, the Halo Infinite guy that was like, you haven't done anything at all. There's going to be so many people comparing it if there's any glitches. Or, you know what, it'll be great. If it's like your preview copies all work great, then there's a day one patch on the big release that just mocks <laughs> it all up. <laughs> you can totally see it, too. I 100,000% could see that. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to kind of see, like, what patch is going to be available. If you, the day one patch is available tonight or Friday. Uh, there will probably be two uh, with Gran Turismo 7, even though it was only one release date. It's patched twice already. It patched once in the middle of last week. So I I would gamble there's going to be a pre-release patch and I would gamble there's going to be a day one patch for anything that they find and they're rushing to fix before it releases officially. Yeah, man, 2K will drop a patch on you too. Like I've had uh, NBA for a couple of months because I also got it on sale. And the other day they put like a like a 20 gig patch down. I was just like, Jesus oh. Christ, NBA. Like, and you have to clear so much space to download the thing. You, you need to clear like double the amount of space basically yep. for some reason. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it compresses download and then it unpacks. So right. it's like twice as much space. Exactly. It's uh, yeah, just just a pain in the ass. So, <laughs> you know, it's awesome though. I will say this. Uh, Boris will, will roll his eyes, but one of the best things ever about cloud gaming, because like Stadia does this and I think they do have NBA, but the one that really stood out for me for it was Cyberpunk because it was just like you're just there one minute with one title screen and then a new title screen starts up and it's like, oh, the server got updated for the new release patch 1.5. <laughs> and it's just like done. Like all I have to do is play it now and there's no downloading. There's no waiting. It's pretty hilarious on cloud cloud gaming platforms on these games. And 2K have dabbled with Stadia uh, quite a bit. Yeah. This game will not be available for Stadia. It's available on Windows, no. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Yeah, that relationship deteriorated. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, what uh, what edition did you end up getting, Matt? I uh, I got the deluxe one just so I can get it three days early so I can crank out the thing. It was way too expensive, and I, I hate myself for it. But you got to spend money to make money, Boris, as they say. It was an investment in myself. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> you're you're going to you enjoy it. rolled your highs as you said that. <laughs> you, can't even, yeah. you can't even convince yourself. <laughs> No, but you are right, Phil. At the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy it. I am, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Treat yeah. yourself, as they say. But it is, exactly. uh, it is also necessary for myself to do like uh, this uh, job that I have for operation sports. So, yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. Good yeah, I'm, I'm still hoping I can get a, a code from Slam uh, to do their review. True. Yeah, that would be a good get for sure. Yeah, yeah, because the I'm codes actually can... didn't come out till yesterday. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I'm hoping I can get a uh, comp here from Operation Sports. If you're listening, which I know you are, feel free to send me that password. <laughs> I love how we both 
We both, oh, these two it. guys need some swag, everybody. Apparently, I'm burning disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are there, muddy bags, not waiting on or or waiting for gas price to go up just so you don't have to wait in line. And I bought gas today, and it was the most <laughs> I've ever put in my car. <laughs> Even I was like, "Holy crap!" And it's still not full. Screw this! Wow. I can imagine. I can imagine. All right, Matt. What else do you want to talk about? WWE 2K22. Uh, no, I don't know. I think we be, we covered uh, most of it. I'm excited. Maybe I can come back on in a week or two and actually exactly. having played yes. it, let you know. And uh, yeah, Boris, we should uh, we should uh, Twitch a couple games, stream a couple yes. games. You know, get in maybe some SNME radio peeps. Uh, I'll kick your ass any time of day. S N M A S N M E. Yes, I've been told again that anytime we say S N M E, a little too fast, sounds a little bit like S N M. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what are you playing it on, Matt? Is it PlayStation 5? 4. 4. Okay, yeah. good stuff. Uh, uh, the 4K or the, the regular 10E? Uh, just the, yeah, the regular old standard right guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it does the that. trick. No, sir. Yeah, it does the trick. Yeah, I, I have uh, not gotten a PS5 yet, although we're starting to talk about it as a household. We might uh, we might split on one, me and my roommate. Yep. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to touch on before we let you go, Matt, and that's, you know, the video, wrestling video games for so long, people only played and touched on WWE 2K. But after 2K20, I feel like a lot of people finally gave other wrestling games a chance. You know, there's, yeah. you know, there, there's some, some, some of the more famous games are non WWE games. Um, so, you know. And and right now AEW is in the middle of developing their own game, which I love that. Like right now, they're kind of saying like, you know, don't expect all the bells and the whistles on this game, which is smart, right? Like they're trying to keep expectations realistic on this game. Um, but yeah, so I guess my my question is like, you know, um, you know, I guess WWE right now has more competition in the video game space. So going back to our previous discussion about Two K versus EA. Where do you see the future of WWE games? I think uh, I think they're going to go to EA just because money talks, man. And I'm scared. I, I'm scared for it because I do think, and I haven't played it yet, but it does seem like this game is a huge step in the right direction. And I was hoping we would just continue down this path. But this news is, is it has given me pause, man. It's scary. I don't want WWE aligned with EA Sports. Those games are going to be terrible. They ruined UFC. They ruined Madden. Uh, it's just brutal. So yeah, it's bad news, and I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, even, exactly. even they're talking about exiting their contract with FIFA. They've lost the exclusivity on Star Wars. Like EA are in a very compromised position on almost all of their franchises. And I do agree, they're going to be looking for, you know, something to go alongside their Maddens, right? Like if yeah. FIFA is no longer banging out the cash, and they're not getting the FIFA name on it. They're going to be making it some other football game. That means that there's a lot of room to put a WWE in and try to bank that, right? Like to try and ride that beast and get an audience back because yeah, they're, they're getting killed on, on their battlefront front and everything like that <laughs> compared to COD, right? It's, it's, it's an interesting strategic position that they're in. So. Especially when you consider, like, one of the complaints that apparently WWE has, and this is all, you know, rumor and innuendo, is that um, WWE feels that 2K hasn't put the budget towards these games anymore. 
Right. So that's one of their complaints. So if that's one of their complaints, and you have EA, like you said, looking for that new golden goose, it might be a match made in heaven. Well, and EA make games, yearly games, on point. Right? Like, yeah, it's arguable Battlefield was a huge miss. Like, that game wasn't ready for market, right? But the point is, is that they still got the title out. And from the sounds of the way WWE work, they'd rather have the title out and get it better afterwards than miss a window completely and stay with the integrity of the game, right? That's definitely what happened with 2K20. But I feel like that's why the the uh, developers of 2K22 so adamantly did not want to make the same mistakes. And WWE as a company doesn't give a shit. They just want to crank out the game and get yeah. the money. It's money, right? Yep. It's all about the, the print and press. Yep, exactly. All right, Matt, thank you so much. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Once you've played this game, we'll chat about like 20,000 times more this week. <laughs> as you can check out all of our other podcasts at Sunday Night's Main Event. That's at SNMERadio.com. Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you very much for having me, fellas. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And before you go, one last one last thing. Where can we find your other work? Oh, yes. Yeah, check uh, check me out at operationsports.com. Sometimes I write articles also on the Operation Sports YouTube page about a couple times a month. Do some kind of list, usually a top five, or, or we'll react to something in the video game world. They just have some fun with it, you know. But we're doing some good stuff on Operation Sports. Lots of great coverage about WWE 2K. We got uh, Brian Mazik, who also uh, writes for Forbes. You might have seen him around the internet. He's uh, the hardest working man in sports and gaming, as he calls himself, <laughs> and he lives up to the moniker. So, yeah, man, doing good things over there, operationsports.com. Thank you for asking, Boris. Thank you so much, Matt, and we'll chat in a little bit. See you later, fellas. That was very cool of Matt to come on. Always love chatting with Matt, especially when we get to talk about other stuff outside of wrestling. It's kind of like you when you came on my BAM weekly podcast. That's BAMSportsEntertainment.com. And uh, Phil, you and I were chatting the MLS season so far. Yeah, but it's kind of cheating, man. He came on to talk about a wrestling video game. <laughs> but that's pretty awesome, yes. It's, uh, it's a good time being on your show. And uh, for those of you who might be interested you can check it out because uh, there's a good little story about the history of Boris and myself as we took part in all the craziness that is Toronto FC. Yep. All right. A couple other things that we're going to talk about. We're going to be focusing on the video game industry, and then we're going to be, I guess I'm going to be giving more of my initial thoughts. I'm going to try to keep it spoiler free on the Batman. Mm -hmm. That's how we're going to end the show. But before that, Matt, uh, uh, Phil. Sorry, almost called you Matt. Uh, Phil, <laughs> you sent me a news item that was very, very interesting. couple news items over the past few days, and it all involves Muppets. Yeah, well, we, we've had two big announcements. I guess one of them unofficial, but it became official rather quickly. And that was, it was speculated last year that there was going to be a collectible minifig series in Lego of the Muppets. Now, there's also speculation that there could be an additional Sesame Street set coming out this year or maybe next because there are a couple spots where it can be expanded, as fans will know, which means that there's a possibility of those characters becoming minifigs as well, like the Count possibly or you know, others. It's Sesame Street. There's a billion. But uh, they've got a 12 minifigure set coming out. It's leaked all the pictures of 
the Muppets. And, you know, you've got all your classics. You've got Beaker, Bunsen. You've got Kermit, Piggy, Gonzo, Fonzie, Rolf. You've got some uh, Janice from Electric Mayhem, which I find quite interesting, as well as Animal. And, uh, yeah, and Waldorf and Statler as well. Like, it, it looks to be a really cool set. And I'm looking forward to getting multiples of each of these and, like, doing up my little street set of townhouses and whatnot with these absurd scenarios involving Muppets now, because I'm pretty sure Statler and Waldorf have some kind of, uh, uh, relationship outside of the, the little, little, uh, uh, pod that they sit in and criticize everything from, um, you know, I, I think that they live very comfortable lives in colorful townhouses and walk around in their slippers and whatnot. But anyhow, that's one thing that got leaked on the internet. And then today we've been talking about it on on Twitter for quite a bit about the idea that there is going to be an Electric Mayhem show. And this leaked out a few weeks ago. And today Disney Plus confirmed it, that it's coming soon. I don't know what that means, but we know that it is written by one of the Goldbergs, the guy who wrote the Goldberg show. And it's going to be a a kind of um, attempt at a mockumentary involving Electric Mayhem on their uh, creation of their first album, which they haven't done yet. So <laughs> they've never made a full album. So this is going to be a lot of fun, I think. And I think it's going to lead to Lego sets with the Electric Mayhem, like a Dr. Teeth and other, you know, Zoot and, and other and Floyd so that you can get your Janice and your animal into there from the collectible minifig sets. So I see a lot of marketing synergy happening. Yep. Talking Lego. I'm going to show you something because I, well, I didn't build it. I'll be 100% honest. My nephews built it. Mainly my older nephew, Alex. I know he's listening. And I know that if I said, I built this, he would like, you know, text me saying, no, you didn't use dumb fuck. He would so, text me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. It's happening off screen, but I think I know what's going to happen. Yep, so here we go. Here it is. The Batman Lego Batmobile. It's Ooh. actually a lot nicer. It's a good looking model. Yeah, it's a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. You know, considering like that. The Batmobile from the Batman is, you know, a muscle car. There's a lot of curves, awkward curves that could be made awkward on a Lego set. They were able to really make this really nice. Oh, I have to tell you, Lego's really upping their game in terms of shaping and pieces. Like, I picked up, I went into a local store at the end of February, and they had sets out early that weren't supposed to release until March 1st. And these were Star Wars sets, Boris. Dark Trooper versus Luke Star Wars sets. Hmm, did I buy the entire con uh, the entire store's uh, 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 shelves worth of that? Yes, I did. And then the other thing that I picked up was a Lamborghini Countach Speed Series, which looks surprisingly like a Lamborghini Countach. It doesn't look like a Lego version of it. Yep. It looks like an actual model. So they're really getting the shape of these things down. And you're the benefactor of that because there's a lot of custom parts that are being made in the Lego Speed Champion series. And they've expanded the size of the body for the Speed Champions. So a lot of the old road plates are really like tight now when you put one of these cars on it because they've expanded them by two studs on each side. 
but it's made for uh, better pieces that they're able to make. And those translate directly into sets like this. When those designers get the opportunity to start putting in from the mold some of these pieces, they can really get great shapes. And yeah, it just makes the it just makes it more collectible, right? Yep. And that's the thing. Because you can reliably buy a Lego set now and be like, I don't want to buy the toy. I just want to buy the Lego set. I have fun building it. I have fun displaying it. And it looks like what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. You know, one of the things about Lego is, so so two things there. Number one, the Lego designs are getting better. Case in point, the Batmobile, like I said, it's really starting, if they have awkward curves, awkward um, shapes, they're really doing a great job at, 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 at getting those right. Um, yep. You know, we're seeing technology on Lego. I don't want to say change. It's always, it's still going to be blocks. We're kind of seeing them up their game. You know, yep. um, you know, and and I guess the next logical step would be things like LEDs and things like that. They've already got those actually yeah. in a lot of the sets, like Lego Movie Two and the Overwatch series sets. All have LED bricks in them, so they're bricks that you have to push a button, and they light up. Now there's a huge aftermarket for all this too, where you can build entire sequences of circuitry. That's all meant to light up. So a lot of the guys who make these things that mocks my own creation, they'll make a, a several hundred thousand piece set custom make it. And what they do is they'll build it up so that there's lines underneath or whatever. They'll do they'll do this detailed work and start shaping into Lego bases and whatnot. And they put the LEDs in there. And man, I saw one guy, David Hall. And uh, he did a, a solid brick studio is what his moniker is on, on YouTube and, and uh, Twitter. But anyhow, he did a mock of the Mandalorian battle at the end of the, you know, with Ahsoka fighting Darth Maul and whatnot. And he put LEDs in it. And man, it was breathtaking. It was a lot of work that he did. It took him a couple months. But the LEDs really set everything off. It made a mood. Yeah. It actually made you think about the source material. Exactly. So, and that's pretty impressive. Well, minifigures aren't the most detailed figures, but the Lego shapes themselves, you're right. They're getting better. They're getting much more efficient and it's very specialized, but they find interesting ways to cross use it. Like if you even look at the bonsai tree that I have, the leaves are actually little frogs. Oh. They're little frog one by one. And then there's cherry blossoms. They're pink frogs. So I found it really fascinating. Their part usage is great. Yeah. Um, you know, so so sticking with Lego, apparently the the Boba Fett throne room is a hell of a set. Yeah. It, now, this is another one that's shrouded with a lot of speculation. All right. So years ago, they released the Jabba's Palace and Jabba's throne room and all that kind of stuff. And what they ended up doing was releasing multiple sets and they all joined together. So then you could really recreate Jabba's throne room. This one, they're speculating that there's going to be more pieces, like possibly uh, a Boba Fett's hangar type thing where Slave One can be parked in it, like you saw in the book of Boba Fett. Uh, there's there's theories that people are thinking that there's going to be a Rancor pit that can be installed underneath it. And there's also going to be Boba Fett's um, back to tank, which can be installed over top of it. Because the roof is flat to everyone's, you know, that's the one criticism that everybody has is the old Jabba's palace had 
a kind of built up roof system. People used to call it, said it looks like a mosque or whatever, but that's why we think Lego shied away from it. But we do think that there's a possibility that they're going to be add-on sets and this would serve as the base just by the character selection and everything. It would make sense. And I like that direction if that's where Lego's going to go. Yeah. Uh, right? There's also a lot of rumors that about a new Nintendo set coming out with Lego. Yeah, they're continuing to beat that drum because as we saw, they have the NES system and there's also a ton of Mario stuff and whatnot. So I think that that relationship is alive and well. And I can see Lego, you know, this is all money that's just waiting to be taken. Like, I, I'm, how many times do I send you something that I see is coming in Lego? And I'm just like, take my money now. Yeah. Like, like, when I was in the Walmart, when I was in my local Walmart and I saw those Dark Trooper sets, I literally was like, how many can I buy before I'm broke? <laughs> like, I was doing the math. Like, because I'm just sitting there going, this is the only way that I can army build these guys. Like, I bought three of them. I really want to go back and see if I can get a four or five. Because I've already seen people making mocks of them and taking all the parts and making it into a bigger hallway and whatnot. And I'm just like, damn, that's so awesome. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. I just want to start building custom stuff when it comes to sets like this. Because, you know. That's what I'm just going to have is. a lot of Luke Skywalkers. Yeah, yeah I'm that's, just that's have what Luke Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's like my R2D2s. I have so many. <laughs> I can imagine a whole a whole army of them. Pretty much. And and that's that's what Lego are doing like even right now. You'll notice that their their big UCS set last year was the AT-AT. Right? And what's the one thing that the AT-AT has? It has, what, like 50 or 60 seats in it that you can put snowtroopers in? What's the set that they released January 1st? Hmm. Uh, uh, armory, like packs of three uh, of three snowtroopers and one scout trooper. And a bike course, that fits in that set. So that set would cost you $800 to buy. But if you're going to troop it out, it's going to be $1,200 yeah. for all the battle packs that you need to be able to buy to put it together. Not that I will buy it, because I'm sticking to Batmobiles, and I yep. still want my Batwing. By God, Phil, I still want that Batwing. But um, you better get it soon. <laughs> I know, I know. You keep telling me. I know it's it's gonna be gone very soon. I might have to just pull the trigger. Uh, and also, I want the 1989 Batmobile, and obviously yeah. the 1989 Batwing. Anyways, the Batman Batcave set that looks nice. Man, they're just, they're going to be killing it with these properties. Like, this is, it's a great time to be a Batman fan. Like, I I, I watch Ash and Flash on YouTube. He's a Canadian kid out in Vancouver, I believe. And he does a lot of building and whatnot on his channel. And he is, like, right head over heels, nutty Batman right now. Like, full on out Batman. Today, he was ranking, like all like, I think, all the Batmobiles. Like that you have him back there. He's got them all laid out and all the different Batmans. And he's got so many videos coming up where he's just like, which ones are the best Batmans? Which ones are the worst? Which set does what? And, you know, he's reviewing the even bigger sets. Those Technic sets yeah. of the Batmobiles. Oof. Like, man, those things are crazy expensive, but good. They, yeah, they ever look fine. Oh, no, they look amazing. They honestly look amazing. But, 
just it's just too much. It's just too much, man. All yeah, right. those are multi-week builds from old exactly. man Phil. Yep. All right. One last thing before we go, and that is sticking as we're chatting with the Batman. Let's talk about the movie, actually. Huge opening weekend for the Batman. $128 million at the U.S. box office. Biggest domestic opening of the pandemic era. Second biggest, I should say, of the pandemic era. Not bad. Not bad at all. 128 is domestic. Especially for a three-hour movie. That's the thing. Like, to think about the ticket sales necessary and the timing and all the screen time and whatnot, like, theaters must be just celebrating in the streets right now that there's this high demand on a, on a film like that, a property like that, especially after Spider-Man, even though, you know, COVID stuff hit. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good time to own a movie theater, I guess. I hope you, you survived it. It's crazy to see those numbers, but yep. people well, love their Batman. $120 million th- inter, uh, domestic and $250 million globally. Crazy. Robert Pattinson must be smiling right now. He made the right choice. Yeah, and let me tell you this. <laughs> he did a great job in it. The movie is great. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was Batman taking a step back. All right, you know the difference between Detective Comics and the Batman comics, right? Yeah. So Detective Comics is more detective-y. It's less Bruce Wade. It's more detective. It's more Batman. More mystery. More Batman. Mystery. Mystique. Sherlock Holmes-ish. It's him trying to figure out who done it. Versus the Batman, where it's a lot of Bruce Wayne, a lot of character progression, a lot of overall story, a lot of wackadoodle stuff. So DC is more grounded, more Sherlock Holmes, more mysterious, darker. That's exactly what this movie is. It is more Detective Comics as opposed to the Batman. Um, you know, I'm going to try not to give too many spoilers, so sorry if I do give spoilers, but I'm going to try to, in my review of it, kind of talk generally. So, number one, feels more like the uh, Detective Comics. Um, and, and in that, one thing I absolutely loved is the fact that Bruce Wayne only appears when it was absolutely necessary for Bruce Wayne to appear. Hmm. Interesting. That's yep. a choice. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, the movie is about the Batman, not Bruce Wayne. It's mainly about the Batman. It's his second year of being the Batman. So one criticism I've seen from some people who watch this movie is that the Batman kind of, you could have kind of removed the Batman from the equation and the movie would have played out the way that it did. And that's not true. In not 100%, it would not have played out without him. But he... You know, he was a core part of the movie, but he, because he's in his second year of being Batman, he makes mistakes. He sees himself mm-hmm. as vengeance. You know, that's how this movie was marketed. He is yeah. vengeance. He is dark. He's going to kick your ass for the sake of this city. He's going to scare the shit out of you for the sake of this city. And he doesn't give a shit. Now, throughout the movie, and I can see this kind of being a theme in this However, movie, however many movies it's going to be, and that is kind of him being from vengeance to him being an icon, a true hero. I can see that being the main story arc of this Pattinson's hmm. Bruce Wayne and Pattinson's Batman. It's not a bad arc to go on. Like, 
you know, one of the one of the things that's most disappointing about some superhero films is they tell you it's about a superhero, but it's really about the person's personal struggle with becoming that superhero, right? And this is not lying to us from the sounds of it. Like the Batman, guess what? It's going to be the Batman. You're going to get your money's worth if that's what you're paying for. Yep. And like one of the lines is I am vengeance, right? Like it's just hilarious that, you know, these are the words that you're choosing to use and they're words out of the trailer. Exactly. Right. And it's, and, and, and it's, I'm done, like, it's like that for nice. a reason, right? You know, the, the Christopher Nolan Batmans were very focused on Bruce Wayne. And like you said, right now his struggle about being batman and i feel like they made a very strong decision because i was like you know just by the look the feel the grittiness the down-to-earthness a lot of people were going to make the christopher nolan comparisons right so they take that equation out by really focusing on the batman and how was how was andy circus as alfred he was good he was pretty good again because Bruce Wayne doesn't make a lot of appearances, ah. he's not in the movie too much. Interesting. I, I think that this is is the groundwork for a fascinating se- series of movies, however yes. many they decide on. Like I, I do like, you know, I saw uh, Colin Farrell on Hot Ones this week, you know, who played the Penguin. Yep. I guess. The Penguin. For this. Uh, that's an interesting choice as well. Like he's, you know. Fairly unrecognizable as Colin Farrell in that yep. role, I believe. <laughs> to say the least. Oh, my goodness. Like, it sounds like it's just an absolute joy as far as a movie buff. Watching yes. some of the translations and some of these older characters like the Riddler and things like that. Because I'll be honest, like, the last time I really conceived of any of these bad guys, the Penguin was obviously what you made me suffer through with Danny DeVito. Yes. Um but previous to that, again, the 60s show. And then the Riddler, I can only remember from the 60s show and like the comic books or whatever what else. Jim, you know, like, what about Jim Carrey's Riddler? I, I've chosen to forget that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Case in point, this Riddler, man, what a performance. What a performance. What a fucking performance. This Riddler Good. was amazing. Very Zodiac killer. Honestly, this movie felt like the movie The Zodiac meets Seven, meets The Departed, meets Ooh. Heat. Like, it is so grounded in the mystery. And even though you kind of know what's going to happen-ish to a certain extent because of the players involved, like Carmine, Carmine Falcone, the Riddler, the Penguin, you know, Batman, Catwoman, you have an idea of some stuff that's happening, but... They still do a good job at giving you a nice original story that really opens itself up in that last, um, in, in that that last uh, 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 what do you call it, um, play the last the the the, the, the denouement yeah the, exactly. the climax yes um, yeah they the do denouement. such a good job of of setting things up. Moving forward, looking forward, because, you know, HBO, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, WB, HBO Max has announced a couple spinoffs for this show. Mainly, you know, you're going to get a Penguin spin- spinoff, and there's very good reasons for uh-huh. that. And then there was a lot of rumor of having a Gotham City Police Department, a GCPD show, but that has been nixed or it, uh, uh, it evolved. it evolved into an Arkham series. 
Okay. Well, that, that, that sounds like, Hey, you know, again, like we were talking about earlier about competition, right? Between Sony and Xbox or whatever. But in this case, HBO max, especially has got my buy-in, especially after peacemaker, right? What they accomplished there. This is a great place for fans to be in. Like you can go over to the Marvel universe on Disney plus or whatever, and enjoy that for what it is. But when you have a viable alternative, like a peacemaker or maybe these shows, right? Like I like that Warner brothers is, is swinging for the fences right now because they've got everything to lose if they don't. Yep. Right. You know, and this it, is, yeah. And each and, and Warner brothers, HBO, they're investing in both universes right now. Right. And let me tell you, no other justice league character can live in this universe. It is so down to earth, so focused that no other justice league member should ever be involved in this universe, in this Batman universe. But I like the fact that HBO and Warner brothers are concentrating on both universes you have the DC Extended Universe or whatever the F that's going to look like. And then you have this The Batman Universe, the Matt Reeves Universe, which is very dark, very twisted. You know, and then some can say that, you know, the third universe is whatever was built off of the Joker. Yeah, that's its own life, too. Yep, that's for sure. Now, I've got something that I just want to round out because we never actually got the chance to talk about it. But we never talked about the last Peacemaker episode. Mm hmm. And I just got to say, man, seeing the Justice League or whatever they chose to be the Justice League and that interaction in that show was absolutely hilarious to me. Well, like I was not expecting that. What do we always say? And we even said about Hawkeye. Why doesn't yeah. Hawkeye just take a step back and call the other fucking Avengers to help him? Yeah, and they did this one. And I'm like, That's oh, my the God. beauty of Peacemaker. Is that they completely go out of their way to have them show up after the fact, and Peacemaker is pissed as hell. Yep, you fuck fish, dude. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Oh my god, that was awesome. And I, I gotta say, the cow was such a, a, a an amalgamation of Grogu meets Jabba the Hutt. It had Grogu's eyes, but it was Jabba the Hutt in every other capacity. Yep. And I'm like, if that's not James Gunn having a little bit of a slight slap and tickle at Star Wars in, in such a fun way. I, I I also loved when Diebeard gets down there and goes, not another Koji. <laughs> like, yeah. Because <laughs> it's out of the first movie, like the, the Suicide Squad that James, James Gunn did. It just killed me that there was this consistency with these shows and i i don't know like as a fan again we talk about it a lot it's a big payoff it is an payoff. absolutely huge payoff to to watch this stuff and and to get rewarded like that and to get the payoffs so kudos to james gunn apparently he's already counting down the days when he's finishing guardians of galaxy 3 and he's ending it apparently um he's counting down the days to get back to doing more tv for hbo and, yep. and and peacemaker and whatever other projects that he's going to take on. Yep, because because peacemaker was extended to a second season, so that's fucking fantastic news. And James Gunn even said that Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to most likely be at least for now his last feature film. He really likes working in TV and the creative freedom he has working in TV and the extended stories he can tell of working in TV. 
Well, this is the the great thing. Like he did the Suicide Squad movie was fun, but it seemed to be gratuitously violent for the sake of it could be violent. But he really found his beat with the show, I think, because you had the humor, you had the gratuity of the absurdity of whatever he wanted to do, whether it be sex scenes, objects, characters, right, with with eagerly and, and whatnot. And you get the platitudes that, that cross over to these other characters, like, you know, having uh, characters related to other characters in the canon universe and whatnot. So I just think that there's a lot of room to breathe as a creative. And he gets to work with his new fiance. Yep. <laughs> so I think that that's always going to be a bonus for a guy like James because he seems to be rather smitten with Jennifer. So, yeah. Good for him. Good on Good him. for them. Yep. All right, so to 100%. put a pin on the Batman, Batmobile, beautiful, didn't like it at first, probably yeah. the best scene in the movie. I would watch it in IMAX again just for that Batmobile mm. scene. Interesting. I, I'm still out to lunch on it. I know your Lego model looks great, but every time I see it on the screen in the movie, I'm like, oh, I don't I know. know Trust I like me. it. Trust don't me. Know. It, I, that's, that's how I felt until I saw it in the movie playing on the big screen. Okay, you know, it, 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 vehicles can sometimes take on a personality of their own. Look at the Millennium Falcon. So, yeah, maybe this Batmobile has got the personality. It's got the legs to do it. So yeah. we'll see. So if I were, if if I was gonna have to rate this out of five, I would have to rate this four point seven five out of five. Whoa. Because to get a perfect five is half near impossible. And another question is, where does this rate? Comparing this to other Batman movies, I've been thinking about this all weekend. Mm. Bill, I might be. This might be a controversial call, but this might be the best Batman movie, even better than The Dark Knight. Wow, better than The Dark Knight. That's that's some fighting words there. That is some. That was fighting a pretty words. solid. That's a pretty solid trilogy. Like you can, man. Any one of those three movies has some legs to it. So. Nope. As far as I'm concerned, as far as Batman, that that was pretty darn spot on for me. But I'm so intrigued to see a good Batman show that isn't a comedy, right? Like, isn't yeah. a James or a Tim Burton comedy esque take on it? And as well is, I guess, not The Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Like, The Dark Knight is. It's a form of Batman, but it's not the only form of Batman. This is yep. the Batman. Yep. So I'm curious to see that embodiment on film. Yep. That, that's where I'm at. That's, and I'm sticking to it, man. That's my opinion, and I am sticking to it. But you can tell us your opinion, Phil. Let them know how they can get a hold of us. You can track us down on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can look us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere where you find your podcast, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to leave a review for the show if, if the platform allows for it. And click subscribe so you know when we drop these crazy episodes as well. Love it if you tell a friend that you're listening to the Earth Cannon podcast and maybe it's something that they should be doing too. You know, all the cool kids are doing it. Exactly. Just like drugs. All the cool kids are doing. 
Another episode of the It's Candid Podcast is done. Thank you for listening. Drugs aren't cool. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Take your vitamins. Drink your milk. And masturbate a lot. He's Phil. I'm Boris. It's the It's Candid Podcast. Good night.